what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Hello, hello. Oh my goodness, I am actually really excited to share on this topic today. The topic is a transformed life. Come on now, who do you know (laughs) that does not want a transformed life? Like for real, for real. Now sadly, you probably do actually know people that don't want this. Maybe they're afraid of it. Maybe they wanna stay safe where they are, but Really inherently, everybody wants this. Everybody wants a transformed life and the benefits of it, particularly if you've been in dark places, if you've lived through dark seasons. And we all, to some degree, have experienced trauma in our lives. Take even this pandemic right here, right now. That's traumatic. And if you don't have practices to keep you sane, sound, powerful, and centered, come on. Right? (laughs) Right, right, right. So transformation is something that people desire. It sometimes is something that eludes people, but it's something that we have access to. So I'm going to talk about that on today, and I'm going to share a little bit about my spiritual recovery story, my testimony, because I have found that it really encourages people. I did a post actually on my Instagram page, which is at Miss Juliana Page, M-S Juliana Page, if you want to follow me over there. However, I got a lot of feedback from this post because I think a lot of people think, particularly if they are viewing what looks like a lot of beautiful photos and they're hearing a lot of positivity that that person somehow isn't human, right? Like we forget that people are human and that even if their social media looks some kind of way, right? Not everybody reads the caption. (laughs) Not everybody understands that it takes daily practice in order to show up and be centered and choose because it is a decision to choose joy, to choose positivity. So I want to talk about a spiritual recovery story, my spiritual recovery story, because I find that it does really bless people. And I think it's the main recovery story, to be candid, right? Like, yes, there could be addiction recovery stories. There could be emotional recovery stories, relational recovery stories, financial healing. There could be all sorts of recovery testimonies. However, this return to love, this return to God, this return to the arms of your savior, that is what I'm going to talk about today and how it wasn't a clear straight and narrow path for me. It wasn't, (laughs) but I got here and that's all that matters, right? So I want to talk about this. So I'm going to highlight a little bit from this post and I'm going to take you a little bit on a journey here. So it is worth checking out because I did share some photos, 
So first and foremost, I shared this. If you put anything, I'm saying anything, (laughs) okay, before your spiritual practice, your relationship with God, aka, right, you'll lose it. How many of you know that to be true? If you put anything before your relationship with God, that relationship feels non-existent. And you'll hear it because it'll be things like, well, I just don't feel like I can hear God, or it seems like God is silent, right? That's how you know. You're likely, not always, but you're likely putting other things before your spiritual practice, your devotional time, your reading of the word, your worship, your prayer time, your quiet time, your time where you go to your prayer closet and you just stand still, right? Your be still and know God, right? So on this post, I shared a couple of interesting compliments or phrases that have been imprinted on my soul. So I just want you to catch that. Sometimes you have no idea how powerful your smile, your word of encouragement, your presence is on the life of somebody else. So I'm just going to highlight four here and give you some context. But these were words by uh, quote unquote strangers, right? But I call them divine encounters that God used to imprint on my soul, this reminder, right? To bring encouragement, to bring reinforcement, to bring validation, to bring encouragement when it was needed most, okay? So here's the first one. Oh my gosh, you're like a bouncy ball. You get hit and you just bounce back. I'll give you context to all these in a minute. You'll be okay because you have a great sense of humor. (laughs) You've got heart, kid. Your energy is amazing. You have such a great vibe, okay? So these are just different words from strangers, quote unquote, along the way, along the journey. It's just four, right? And I could list probably for days, as could you if you really tried and put your mind to it or your heart to it, even better. And they seem to come in moments, right, when you need them most, when you forget, when you forget what you should know, okay? So the first one about being a bouncy ball, <laughs> that was a word from a actress that was in one of my grad school film movies, okay? And she had seen me and heard about an experience that I'd had where I'd actually broke two wrists at once, which is a whole podcast episode in and of itself. And I was walking out this painful recovery journey physically, right? That I actually wasn't, I was told that I wasn't supposed to recover from, but God. And I wasn't even walking with God at that point, okay? The next one about having a great sense of humor was a sweet old woman. I can vaguely picture her face, but this was in college when I felt completely lost and disconnected from my family. I um, have a very turbulent family story And my family had blended literally the day after I graduated high school. And there was a summer and I worked two jobs and then I went to college. And my family had this out of sight, out of mind practice, whether that was intentional or not. And that was deeply felt. It was like you never mattered was kind of the heavy message that was sitting in my soul. And I was really experiencing because I was a college athlete, but I knew I wasn't going to do that long term. So I was really experiencing the anxiety and the overwhelm of being in this place of not knowing what I was on the earth for. 
So I'm sitting in that and this woman says, you'll get through it. She has no idea, by the way. She could just see something in my eyes or in my expression and she shared that word of encouragement that I have a great sense of humor. So whatever it is, I'll get through everything. And I found that really interesting and I've kept that with me because, right, life life will happen to you. <laughs> Even if you're walking uprightly, life will happen to you. Okay, now another one, you've got Heart Kid was from a track coach. So it was during a track meet. I think I had mono, right? And I'm still showing up. I'm running my guts out, literally. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I have nobody, no friends, no family supporting me, cheering for me. And I'm just exhausted. And I ran my heart out. And I didn't get first. I got second, right? <laughs> and that felt like the end of the world at that time because I gave literally everything that I had. And this coach just hugged on me and said, you've got heart, kid. He just took a moment to let me know that I'm seen and that one of my best qualities is my heart, okay? And that was in high school. Then another one was about my energy and this vibe. I actually was given the nickname Vibes years ago. <laughs> and that is stuck too, which is so interesting. And people that don't even know still say this all the time, but when this particular one was highlighted, I was walking through a traumatic season of recovery from a relationship that nearly destroyed me. And it's actually what led to my salvation experience, which I can highlight. But I just want to hold this up because again, I want to give you that reminder of, it's really like how Jesus was always on mission, okay? But he never lost his sensitivity and he never missed an opportunity for a divine encounter, okay? Whether it's the woman with the issue of blood, whether it's the the man uh, by the pool of Bethesda, right? And he tells him to get up and walk. There's so many encounters that he has on the journey, but it never took him off mission, okay? But he was available. That's what I want to say. So he had sensitivity to these divine encounters. He didn't miss an opportunity. And that's what I want to highlight because what would have happened if these people didn't speak into my life, if these people didn't highlight these certain things like a sense of humor or resilience or your heart or your energy and the presence that you still have. Like when you feel like you're in a deep, dark hole and somebody has says you have great energy, come on. <laughs> there must be something right operating in your life, right? It gives you upliftment. It gives you a second wind in a sense. So I just want to highlight that to you. All right. So next thing that I want to highlight here is, let's see here, dun, dun, dun. Okay, so definitely want to say praise God for the mentors and the people that you have in your life, right? Because you never know whether it's a mentor, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a coach, but really anybody that chooses to love, to honor, to celebrate you, to be light in your life, they don't have to do that, but they've cultivated their own practice in such a way that they know that it matters. They know that it makes a difference. So I just want to highlight that to you because it's so, so important to keep that in mind. Okay, next. All right. What is, so that we're clear, what is spiritual recovery? I think that spiritual recovery is about unlearning fear, judgment, unforgiveness, chaos, right? and remembering to return to love. And love is God, okay? 
Now, for me personally, if you've been following me for any length of time, you might know this, but I didn't come from a legacy of faith. I didn't have present parents that taught me who I was or supported my uniqueness, and I really was starved for knowledge, spiritual knowledge specifically, but really just life skills (laughs) Um, in general. And I knew there was more for me. However, what I was shown to value or what I was told to value was that outward success equals love. And this belief nearly destroyed me. So what you achieve, uh, your role in society, your capacity to take care of yourself, all of these things, what you can achieve outwardly, that is love. Okay, so I started to work for perfectionism, for achievement, for people pleasing, for codependency, right? There were so many things. I was obsessed with making sure that my outsides were perfect and completely unaware of how to take care of my insides. That was a very, very big problem and I could never get beyond that, right? Because if your inside is messed up, you can still hustle your way, you can still achieve a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. However, you are always going to be out of alignment and you will never feel feel fulfilled. You will not have peace and you will be on this mission all of the time. You will never be able to just rest and be present. And that's also not really authentic because your motives are off too, right? Okay, so during that time, during that season, I really felt like I needed a miracle. (laughs) I needed help but I wouldn't surrender. In college, that had manifested as an eating disorder, an eating disorder issues, or just eating disorder. I don't know how you want to say that. Um, And then after that, it had been not having proper boundaries, not really, you know, giving too many benefits of the doubt, really not valuing myself properly because I didn't really fully know who I was because I wasn't in relationship with God, right? So... I found it really hard to surrender. All I knew to do was to keep going, keep pushing. So in this particular post, I share so many interesting photos. So I share how nature was how I connected to God or reggae music because I really love, I don't know, not sure if you know this, but ska music, reggae music, how it was created, was created to mimic the heartbeat. Okay, so I loved reggae music. I love island vibes, right? Like I love the ocean because of just the ebb and flow and just the peace that comes from that. I like the lighthearted feel. Like reggae music, for example, is deep, but it's light. Okay, so it's it's expressing deep pain or deep revelation. However, it's very lighthearted and upbeat. Okay, <laughs> so I shared photos about that. I shared how I went into a yoga teacher training to really learn how to slow down. I had no clue how to slow down. If anything, I knew how to speed up and just like flash through life so that it almost became a blur, but I had no clue how to slow down. So I share how I went on a couple of years of a yoga teacher training journey. I had no clue what I was going to do with it, but in hindsight, I was really seeing that God was slowing me down. He was rewiring how I was wired, which is really interesting. Again, because I was not walking with him. So I share my yoga family because I really had a knack for throwing myself in really awkward and uncomfortable situations, especially identifying as an introvert and being really shy. (laughs) 
So putting myself in these new situations and scenarios was really scary for me, but that's what I did. I share some mentors. So Mastin Kip used to do a training called The Daily Love, Tommy Rosen. So I was really experiencing presence and people that were centered, right? or very loving. I was experiencing that. I share a photo of fire walking for the first time <laughs> with Heather Ash Amara, um, Gabrielle Bernstein, Tara Stiles, Wayne Dyer, how I would go to these conferences and just surround myself again with mentors and teachers and people that could speak into me. Danielle Laporte, um, who else? Hosanna Wong. So there were so many people um, Hosanna Wong, she can preach the word, okay? So that's highlighting part of my Celebrate Recovery journey. So whether it was nature, music, a 12-step program, meditation, yoga, um, you know, just being mentored by people that, thank God for the internet, you can get connected to through books. Books have brought me into a relationship with some of my favorite mentors, and then just following that next step of learning was something that I learned how to do. So I highlight in this post, but my point here with this, before I give you some word to really make this about spirit-filled real talk, okay, I'm going to back it with word, don't you worry. It took years and a lot of windy roads, a lot of moves across the country, and many servant-hearted mentors <laughs> to help me lower the walls of distrust, doubt, fear and unbelief that I had really built up in my life. And it wasn't until I stopped the search to really seek the source that I could get over myself and get busy about his business. And I'm talking about Jesus here, okay? So I'm highlighting this because these were all quote unquote spiritual experiences, okay? And even from a very young age, I would say I had a prophetic gift, but I just called that intuition. Okay, because that was a societal term, right? That was what was socially acceptable. Now, I share that because whether it was being out in nature, I do still agree that that absolutely has a way of connecting me to God every time um, and just appreciating God's beauty <laughs> and magnificence and sovereignty in general. I do also think music is beautiful, but some music is not aligned with God. So that was something that evolved over time. I do think that yoga was great to really bring me into a calm space. Like it had to, I had to train myself to sit, okay? That's how wired for activity I was. So yoga was great for slowing me down and increasing my flexibility. And that was awesome. However, I didn't find peace necessarily. I found maintenance practices, just like you would go running and, and there's maintenance for your body with that. It was similar. So I didn't have that piece though that surpasses all understanding. So I just want to make that aware. Um, and whether I did these different experiences, you could see, and this isn't even all of the ones that I've sought out. Okay. This is just highlighting some, that journey would never end. Okay. And that's what I want to hold up for you. I don't, I don't know to be real, how many books that I read, how many <laughs> conferences at one point I went to, how many teachers and speakers and mentors I've listened to, right? But there was still something missing. I was still searching, I was still seeking, and that was exhausting, it was exhausting, okay? So that's what I wanted to highlight. God gave me this word, which I wrote about in my first book, 
God's Vibes Matter, Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. He gave me this word about stopping the search, right? Stop the search and seek the source, which is all about seek the kingdom first and all these other things that you're searching for will be added unto you, okay? So that took me years to get there. (laughs) Years, absolute years. And it wasn't until that relationship that I mentioned that I was so heartbroken enough that God could get in there, okay? That I was finally willing to surrender. I was finally willing to stop. I was finally willing to be transformed, okay? So that is my main point here. You cannot be transformed if you're not willing to be transformed, okay? And you can have all of the access, all of the exposure to some of the best teachers in the world. You can have all of these amazing opportunities and experiences, but those don't guarantee to change you. There's only, in my opinion, and in my beliefs, really my experience, one, (laughs) one source that could change me and one source that did. So I do wanna say, whatever you do, don't take life for granted because God will absolutely meet you where you are and guide you to your next steps. But wake up. That's honestly what I'm here to do. I'm here to help wake people up, to help activate them to live a spirit-led life and to understand practically what that means. But take responsibility for the privileges, the gifts, the opportunities you have and dwell in the light. God is light, right? And joy of who you're here to be. So it took me a long time to figure out how to do this. So I'm going to highlight now what that can look like biblically, okay? Because as amazing as those experiences were, I could go on many adventures like that and still not find God, okay? And so I wasn't changed, right? I wasn't delivered from an addiction, from heartbreak, from emotional trauma, from my past until I surrendered to God and was born again. So I just want to make that clear. All right, so One thing I knew was that cruise control doesn't bring healing and it doesn't bring you to your next level. So going on cruise control or staying stuck or continuing to repeat an addiction, that will not bring you this supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding, okay? And spiritual recovery is a big deal. Unlearning the fear and chaos that you've embraced for so long and remembering love and living from it is not just like a snap of your fingers. God can do miracles, but the healing process, that takes some time. There's character development. There's spiritual maturity development, right? (laughs) So getting consistent with a simple daily practice is where it's at. It's a lot of little right actions one day at a time and one moment at a time that really helps you build this momentum, okay, where you can really assess your progress and how you're doing in your relationship with God. And like I said in the beginning, if you put anything before your spiritual practice, you'll lose it. So it works if you work it, is what I'm going to say, right? Like you can hear God if you practice hearing God. (laughs) You can understand God if you read the word. Do you see what I'm saying? But if you're not doing those things, you'll lose it. Like muscles, right? If you don't work that out, you ain't going to have that muscle there. Trust me, right? So outward success, for the record, does not equal love. (laughs) And really what helps is to slow down, to forgive, to dwell in the light of God's presence and the joy that he reveals to you of who he's put you here to be 
and of who he is, okay? So I wanna highlight what transformation is. Transformation is really being changed entirely from the inside out, okay? Now, when we're doing different practices, we can change our state, but can we really, in our own power and in our own strength, change ourselves entirely from the inside out? Think about that. If you've ever tried to change yourself, can you do it? Think about it. I think it's the Apostle Paul. I don't know the address on this one, but he talks about how he keeps doing this thing that he knows not to do, <laughs> and he knows what to do, but he won't do that thing that he knows to do, right? So how do we do this? I'm asking. <laughs> how do we do this? There's a great scripture that says it. It's actually Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Holla. Did you hear that? For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Nowhere in that verse is it saying that you are doing what you want to do and asking God to bless it. Okay, <laughs> it is God who works in you to give you the will, to give you the desire, to give you that unction to take action and to do what pleases him. So not only is he going to give you the will to do it, he's going to give you the power and the direction. Come on. So when anyone says that they, they don't have direction in their life, point them to Philippians 2.13, please. <laughs> Okay, another really good one is Philippians 2.12, just before it. All right, here it is. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So we basically, not basically, we do, work out our own salvation. Okay, so we can be born again. The old nature can be dead, and you've got to believe it's dead. Otherwise, you'll keep activating it, right? But in order to walk out your newness of life, in order to walk out the potential of this new nature, those seeds that are planted in you, in order to allow those to be watered, to be cultivated so that they can blossom, so that you can bloom where you're planted, so to speak, so that you can do that, you got to work out your own salvation. So you co-labor with God. You get in relationship with God. You build relationship with God. You delight in the Lord with all your heart. You abide in the Lord because the Lord is your power source and he transforms you. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as you spend time with God, as you read his word, as you pray, as you surrender control, as you let God do the heavy lifting, he will guide and establish your steps. Not only will he transform you, because it's often a miracle is a change in perception. Often, right? And it's God that does that. He changes your belief systems. He brings stability to your emotions. He purifies your heart. He renews a right spirit in you. He helps you walk in ways that please him. You don't do that in your own strength. That is super natural, okay? And transformation is changed entirely from the inside out. How rad is that? Like, let's be real, okay? So the way of being born again, it's like this transition from darkness to light, okay? So Job twenty two twenty nine 
says, when men are cast down, then thou shalt say there's a lifting up and he shall save the humble person. So as we humble before, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. That's the promise, right? So the question is, (laughs) will you have faith? You have faith. You can put it anywhere you want to. I say, why not believe God? And I say that now because I didn't for years, right? And I just felt like I was going in circles. Many different experiences, many sweet experiences, meeting wonderful, lovely humans, right? But I wanted that transformation. I wanted to be transformed from the inside out. I didn't want to keep bringing my past into my future. I didn't want to keep replicating what I'd experienced. I didn't want my expectations to be rooted in fear, I didn't want to have heaviness in my heart. I didn't want my mind to be preoccupied with future tripping and picturing a future with God in it where I have to make it all work. That's just too much. I didn't want to be in relationships with people that had no business being in my life, right? Or having to recover from people that I allowed access to, okay? So... I decided that I was going to dare to believe. I believe that that is the first step to get to a transformed life. Dare to believe, okay? So think about it this way. What are you right now expecting God to do for you? I will say that I really wasn't expecting God to do anything for me. I had hope because hope is this positive expectation. So I was expecting that there was more peace for me, that there was more joy for me, that there was more relief for me, (laughs) that there could be a life where I was thriving and not always surviving. I had hoped that that was possible, but I didn't know how. So I kept looking for ways that people that had seemed to have found that on the outside were doing it. Whether it was yoga, whether it was like living on an island, whether it was, I don't know, right? Just uh, writing. I don't know what it was. But I kept looking for mentors that had seemed as if they'd had it figured out, right? So hope is a positive expectation. These are some things that I, I do believe that just bring shifts. They, they kind of usher in the presence of God. Hope, a positive expectation, okay? Two is faith. Faith is the substance of things that you're hoping for (laughs) and the evidence of things unseen, right? So even if I don't see it, even if I don't always feel it, I am faithful, right? I'm not just hopeful. I don't just have this positive expectation, but I have my faith rooted in something. I'm committed, okay? Then having a positive attitude. I know this sounds like meh, right? But really though, okay? Just imagine, remember I was saying little actions daily make a big difference. Imagine what just having a positive attitude would do. And you have a positive attitude when it's easy not to. That's when you use it, okay? And not complaining. How would your life change if you just stopped complaining? Stop gossiping, stop comparing, stop judging, stop complaining. Imagine what would happen, okay? Something to keep in mind. God never changes. He's good. He never changes. But he always changes things and people, okay? So that's encouraging, What does that mean? God is working in your life, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it at all. And is true of my spiritual recovery and testimony, even when you're not in relationship with him. Okay. Even when you're not in agreement with him, even when you're wandering, when you're like a prodigal, right? He's still working in your life. All right. How amazing is that? So 
where where did it shift for me? How did it start happening? Well, I started, I was invited to church by this same man that really broke my heart open, <laughs> who I allowed to do that. Um, I was invited to church with him. But for the first time, church wasn't a new experience, but for the first time I was hearing messages on grace. And for the first time, they were hitting my soul. The word was taking root in me and it was so relevant and so real, okay? And I was hearing things now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, right? I'm hearing Ephesians 3.20, okay? I'm hearing all of these verses on grace, like how it's just this unmerited, unearned love and favor of God and how that's on my life, right? And how God is pursuing me. I'm like, really though? What? And I'm hearing how he's able to bless me abundantly so that I can have everything that I need and abound, okay? And I was really needing to abound (laughs) in every good work. How uh, his grace has been upon me since the very beginning, how if I hope in him, my strength will be renewed. And Lord knows I needed some strength, right? Um, How I could have this fullness of grace, right, in my life. How he can, um, what else? I'm trying to think of other verses that are coming off the top of my head. How his grace is actually sufficient for me and his power is made perfect in my weakness, right? So as you can imagine, in a moment where I'm feeling hopeless, where I'm feeling powerless, if I'm hearing words like this, and I'm hearing them practically taught to me, it's starting to do something in my spirit, okay? I was used to functioning in pain. I thought that was normal. I thought that's just life. That's what you do, right? You just work with the cards that you've been dealt, and you just get used to it, and you keep it moving, right? So I had stopped having this positive expectation. I was actually expecting negative experiences, and I was living them. It was very self-fulfilling in that way. Right? So I was used to functioning in pain and chaos and dysfunction. That's what I knew. I thrived in it. Not that I loved it. I knew how to manage it. I knew how to handle it. So I would attract people that created it. Okay? But what was really stirring me is I wanted to be free indeed. All right? I wanted that. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I'm like, free a girl. Okay? So God did. All right, he did absolutely free me and then he planted me in a ministry called Celebrate Recovery, which definitely had its place in my life. A Christ-centered recovery program literally brought deliverance, right? He, he didn't do it in an instant, right? Well, to some degree, I was instantly delivered from these eating disorders. It was wild, right? But there was a maturation process that happened as I was going through Celebrate Recovery, right? I believed Okay, I had faith that I could become different. I could be transformed if I gave God a year of my life. That's what I did. I gave God a year. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a year and we'll see what's up, right? Because I was negotiating. (laughs) I was like, if this doesn't work, well, what the heck? What do I have to lose? I'll just go back to these other things that I'm practicing, right? So it worked. Good news, right? But it was kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. That's highlighted in Mark 5.28 where she was so hungry to just get to Jesus, okay? This woman, if you're not familiar, she had just a bleeding disorder, right? She was just bleeding and she had spent all of her money on doctors and still had no answers. She had no improvement whatsoever. So you can imagine how discouraging that would be, right? 
but she had heard of Jesus and just was committed, right? She's like, if I can just get to Jesus, I will be healed. And sure enough, that's, that's her testimony, right? She got to Jesus and she was healed. So it was very similar to me. Um, so this is my thought to you, my invitation to you on today. Are you willing to be daring in your believing with God? Okay, this is surrendering your capacity, <laughs> all right? Are you willing to dare to believe that there's nothing in your life that God can't change? Nothing, not even you. God can change it. He has a good plan for you. He promises to give you a future and a hope. But you've got to have aggressive faith. You can't just have hope, right? You can't just have this positive expectation like, I hope so, maybe. That's not faith, okay? <laughs> you ain't going to get it if you operate like that. You've got to have this aggressive faith, okay? Check this out. Isaiah 30, 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Come on. Do you know anyone that longs to be gracious to you? Thank God it's the creator of the universe, okay? <laughs> Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Meaning that wait in his presence. They're expectant of him to show up. That delight in communing with God, in having a relationship with God, not being a servant, but being a friend and having that intimacy, right? Or better yet, David said this, Psalm 27, 13, what would have become of me had I not believed I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Like what, right? So, so powerful. So what would become of you? I mean, I asked myself this, what would become of me had I not surrendered my life to Christ, right? I would have no peace that surpasses all understanding. I wouldn't know who I am. I might be in a soul tie, <laughs> right? I might be in a dark place. I might not be here, right? Like what would have become of me had I not believed, right? So my encouragement to you is if you want to transform life, it can't come by your own works, all right? Because the transformation that I'm sensing you probably want is that transformation that changes you entirely from the inside out. And you can't hustle your way to that. You can't have all the outward success in the world that can bring that about. If something is off on the inside, you need God for that. God is the only one that can understand the depths of your heart, right? He's the only one that can understand the way you process your emotions, the thoughts that run through your mind when you're alone, right? When your bed hits the pillow, the things that keep you up at night, God is the one that gets that intimately, right? You can be in yoga, you can cry it out, you can do a lot of poses, but you still have that stuff in you, right? But it's God who works in you to give you the will the desire to do what pleases him, right? You can find all sorts of things to do to please you and to give you some relief, okay? But it's a Band-Aid. <laughs> and you want God to rip off the Band-Aid and bring total healing so that you can be a wonderful new creation, so that you can perceive the wonderful new that he has for you in his life, so that you can manifest and step into the fullness, the goodness of what he has for you, right? Your joy, your joy, your testimony of joy is what changes and heals the world. And you can't do that when it's not authentic or when you're just putting band-aids on or when you're just hiding or when you're just seeking the next thing, the next mentor, the next class, the next conference, the next, right? 
You will always be seeking unless you stop and seek the source. So I hope sharing some of these stories helped you, blessed you, gave you some context and perspective. I know a lot of people, you know, seek horoscopes, they seek astrology, they seek yoga, they seek uh, psychic readings, they seek, I don't know, all sorts of things. But honestly, I had to trash all that in my life, get deliverance from it, and just seek the main thing the main thing and that changed everything for me. So I hope this resonates with you. I hope this blessed you. If you want more resources or if you're interested in learning a little bit more about my story, you can visit julianapage.com. I've got a few books that I've published over there. There's a lot of great coaching services over there because I know the power of that and I've devoted my life to that. There's a self-mastery course if you want to do something self-guided at this time and really pray your way through that. I understand. So go check out julianapage.com. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.